Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. We just form a fucking wall. O'Neal deep on the post, lots of contact there. Oh, what a block by Wallace! What wow. a jump ball! Sixteen down, four, 12 8, 7 38 to play the first one. First from Rodney, stuck into the rim! Countdown, baby, and a foul! Reggie inside for Andre, oh. and a dynamite dunk! Pistons fans, welcome to another edition of the Palace of Pistons podcast. The whole crew with you here today, Brendan Johnson, Aaron Johnson, Ryan Pay, and boys, there's a lot of stuff to get into, right? Uh, some free agent signings, some fake trade rumors. Uh, Pistons Twitter has basically declared the Pistons 10 deep, so, you know, we will... Uh, We'll get into all that, maybe a little bit more, but we have to start. Detroit goes out and finally signs another backup center, uh, a position of need for Detroit, something that you know we've been waiting to see what direction they would go. Um, and the P- Pistons have signed Christian Wood, uh, a young guy, low risk, high reward, um, had a real nice eight final games with the Pelicans last season. Uh, and Aaron, I'm sure you can get into that a little bit more, but... We'll talk about Christian Wood. We'll talk about other things. But before we fully get into it, boys, how we doing today? Happy Pod Day. I was hoping you were going to ask. It took you a full minute into the show to, like, say, Aaron, how you doing? Ryan, how you doing? But I'm right, just I setting guess, the people up I guess for we'll, the show. I guess we'll start now. I'm professional. Yeah, no, I'm doing good, Brendan. Uh, I'm glad to be here. A lot has happened. A lot of good things to talk about. And uh, we're really starting to get to that point of the dead point in the offseason with Summer League over, the free agents of Pretty much all been claimed. The big trades seem to have gone down, except for maybe Bradley Beal. Fingers crossed. I was going to say, last week, fingers crossed. And, uh, you know, there's no basketball to be played, at least in the NBA circle. So we're getting to that dead point of the offseason, but we're not going anywhere. We're still cranking out content. And uh, Ryan Pace, part of that content, he's here this week as well. I'm here this week as well, fellas, per usual, as I always am. Uh, no, but I'm doing well, fellas. But like you said, no, uh, no big news, like big time news coming out of the you know the NBA anymore. No summer league. I'm starting to get squirrely. I need football and basketball back. Uh, this dead, these dead uh, long summer nights. Yeah, of, of like just poor baseball in this town, and ugh. that's hard to watch. And I. It, I'm just starting to get real squirrely. I, I need football and basketball back right now. The most hype. So that's thing, how I'm doing. The most hype thing going on in Michigan, Detroit sports is Jim Harbaugh making comments about Urban Meyer. Oh, those are the least controversial comments I've ever heard. Yeah, there's nothing controversial about the truth. But uh, but that's what's moving the meter here in, in the state of Michigan and across. You got to talk about something. You got to talk about something. So, but here's the other thing, right? And this is no offense to Christian Wood, but when Christian Wood is the headline story coming into this week's episode of the pod, it's like, man, the NBA is really dying down. But don't tune out on us because we're going to keep this thing going. We've got the pulse right here at Palace of Pistons podcast. And as mentioned, Detroit signs Christian Wood. Aaron, he comes in as a backup center option. And we'll talk about maybe how the rotation plays out. But Christian Wood, a really solid finish. Um to last season as he played with the Pelicans. And how about you tell us just a little bit more about the latest Pistons signing? Yeah, I like Wood a lot, especially because he's a guy that the Pistons were just able to sign. It's a non-guaranteed deal. It's not worth much. Uh, But Detroit gets a guy that at 23 years old, 
there's still a lot to you know there's still a lot unknown about him in a sense he does he's never really gotten a fair shake in his time in the league and you know, last season he played the final eight games of the season with the New Orleans Pelicans to average what seventeen and nine, seventeen and eight. I mean that's a good ball player right there, and you know he did that all in twenty six minutes. You know he, he was very effective, very efficient uh, at the end of the season when he was finally unleashed. I guess is the right word to use, and and that's a guy that I think has some potential. He's just twenty three years old. He can shoot it a little bit. He's growing there, and he's willing to take uh, three pointers. So that's something you like to see. He has not bad form, and you know they're going down at a rate where yeah, it's got to get better. It's not good, but there's something there. You know, it's not like he's only hitting 16 percent. I believe last season he shot like 32, 33 percent, something like that. So it's getting there uh, with him. And this is a guy that people have talked about maybe being a little bit too thin to play the center spot. But your other option's Don Maker, so I think you're going to take what you can get with Wood, uh, who's a little bit bigger. Um, I like the signing. I'm a fan of it. It adds more depth. I've been a fan of Wood for quite some time, not just since he's been signed by the Pistons as a guy that I've kind of always kept my eye on, wondering when he was gonna really going to get his shot. I didn't expect it to be with Detroit. I was definitely expecting them to go with a more veteran name when it came to signing another center, whether it be Costa Kufos or Paul Gasol. I was not expecting it to be uh, Christian Wood, but... I would be lying if I said it wasn't a good signing by Detroit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it's just another young piece to bring into the fold of, and I've talked about this before, Detroit is is doing what they can to bring in more youth. And they're not just a bunch of vets. They're, they're bringing in younger guys, and I like that a lot. And Woods, again, 23, he'll be 24 pretty soon, but still young enough where he's going to grow, he's going to become a better player, and and he he's your he's not necessarily a part of the core, but he can be if he continues to develop and gets better, which should be expected. Uh, for someone who didn't know a ton about Christian Wood going into the signing, I had definitely had to do my research on him. And after doing that, watching some film, reading up on him, I'm in agreement with Aaron. It's a it's a solid signing, like you said, Brendan. Uh, low risk, high reward. Guy's 23 years old in the G League last year. He put up 29 and 14. Sure, maybe it's the G League, but still putting up 29 but and 14 yeah, it's is not, something. Yeah, and then for it's, it's still hard to do. It's still hard to do. You know, like, putting up those gaudy numbers like that—that's not something that's easily done every night. That's but he not did it. easy, and you, he still went out and did it. And he, he's developing that three-point shot. He's a willingness to shoot it. Like Aaron said, it goes down for him. Not at the best rate, but still goes down. Um, and like Aaron said, you know, back those final eight games went up seventeen and eight. That's promising for a young guy. So it's adding athleticism and ability instead of an old guy like Powell who's lost that athleticism and would be more like a Zaza type. Mm-hmm. Not not that he is Zaza, he's way better than Zaza. Just that type though, where it's not as athletic. Whereas with Wood, you're getting a more athletic type, someone who's still got that spring, who's spry, who's young, who wants to prove himself. I think that's a great signing. Uh, I think he's going to grow into it. I'm excited for him. Can't wait to see what he does. So now the question really becomes, though, what happens with Thon Maker? Because going into the offseason, there was the conversation of, is Thon the backup center? Now you sign Christian Wood. Is Christian Wood the backup center? I think that leads to a serious question for Detroit looking at that second unit. It's competition. It's training camp competition. It's injury insurance. 
the best man best man wins. You know, you're not invested in the Thon Maker. You traded Stanley Johnson to get Thon Maker. It's not like Don't underestimate that. <laughs> Coming from all people. I know, but how dare you? You know, it's not like you gave up the world to get Don, or you gave up a real asset wow. to get Don. Can we just? You're taking guys, a Eric's chance. Just taking jabs at his old boy here. No, I'm just stating facts. <laughs> and, and with Don, it's it's not someone that has shown that. Oh, this guy is 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 part of the future. This is a young prospect that's really going to be something. He was fine during the regular season, and then was awful in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. He's still a walking foul. He's still going to get. Pushed out of the paint very easily, and he has not shown that he's going to hit the three ball consistently. So Christian Wood is going to rightfully so get a fair shot to prove he can do all those things better than Don Maker, and and I'm in I'm totally fine with that. At this point, they're both young. They're they're both not under a long term deal. May the best man win. Last year, Thon, all Thon wanted was an opportunity, and that's why he demanded the trade from Milwaukee. And then Detroit gave him that opportunity. There was no, you know, who could take Don's spot in the rotation. Don was set once he found his footing in Detroit. And he didn't run with it. He struggled. He had moments where he endeared himself to Pistons fans. And moments where he looked decent and solid. And you're like, yeah, he flashes like some real ability. Like, there could mm-hmm. really be something here. But the regular season really wasn't all that great. And the postseason was a struggle at best. I so that's why you're seeing guys like Markeith Morris and Christian Wood being brought in. Thon's going to have to prove himself. Yeah. He was given the opportunity to be, here, it's yours. We're not even going to worry about it. Your time. And he didn't take it. I have to think going into preseason, Thon, in terms of going in, is going to at least have a step on Wood just from his, you know, from being in Detroit and some of the things he showed last year. I would agree with Of that. course, of course. But I could very easily see Christian Wood taking over that spot just because of the inconsistencies that you guys have mentioned. I mean, seriously, I'm thinking back to, you know, Ryan, I don't know what your total number of tweets are, but I feel like about 10% of them include Thon needs to get stronger. Thon needs better hands. Thon's got to be able to finish at the rim. Thon can't just foul every time, you know, he has to guard somebody one-on-one. I felt like a broken record during the season tweeting about mm-hmm. Thon. It was the same three tweets yeah. every time. Every time. And it's like, and you're not wrong, though. It's it's so necessary. And it was every game you'd be like, man, he's so, he's just, he needs to get so much stronger in the post. He's got to be able to handle a little contact. He's got to be able to finish through some contact. And if you're going to take threes, then you have to be able to at least make a, a respectable percentage of them. I'm not expecting... Which he did in the regular season, but right. then in the playoffs... It just fell it, apart. It fell apart. And and, and it wasn't like Playoff that was the fun. only thing. That was not <laughs> the... Some guys, you know what, hey, they'll have a bad series. They'll have this, whatever. They'll struggle shooting the ball. But, I mean, Thon struggled in Every, every facet. facet. Every, every single, single one. one. Wow. God. Are you guys wow. brothers or something? Holy, sh- that's, okay, we're just. Wow. Are you guys brothers? I, I don't. It the was, hell was that? That was. <laughs> holy goodness. I, oh I'm sorry. I, 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 I'm sorry for that. Um, uh, mo- moving on. <laughs> but anyways, no. He struggled in every facet of the game. He didn't rebound the ball well. He didn't pass the ball well. He was just a, a walking foul. Perfect words there by Aaron. And he did not make a single three, I don't believe, throughout the playoffs. No, I mean, wasn't there at one point uh, Heston made her 
made a three-pointing on Twitter account. I believe there was. And and I believe there were a lot of no's tweeted by that account. <laughs> and the thing with me is, you know, when you look at Wood's production, I just don't understand how this guy hasn't been given a fair shot in this league yet. Because when he gets on the court, he produces. Mm-hmm. So I really think, you know, when you look at the Pistons' big backup big spots, you have, what, four guys in the mix, Don, Markeith, Christian Wood, and Sekou. Unless I'm missing anyone, but I don't think I am. Um, it's it's a very competitive group because yeah. Markeith hasn't played great in his last, what, two seasons? Thon did not finish the season well. Woods kind of got some momentum coming off of the end of his season. And then Sekou's that unknown that is definitely... The odd man out right now looking in. But I'm all for that competition. Those are very fluid spots in my opinion. Those are, someone gets in and plays well, then they trump that guy for a little bit until they lose their spot. (coughs) And and with Wood, his production shows that this is a guy that should probably be getting minutes in the NBA Mm -hmm. consistently. So he needs to be given that opportunity. And if that means Stan doesn't play, or it means Markeith doesn't play, then so be it. You're trying to win. Put your best players on the court. So, are we all ready to hop on board with Andre opts out after next year? Christian Wood starting center. Settle down. Not even. Not <laughs> even easy. Not even Take like the wildest easy. of Pistons Twitter or, or fans. I haven't even seen that yet. So let's uh, let's slow down on that front. Well, you'll see it now. Um, but what you are seeing on Twitter right now, you're seeing these fake. Blake Griffin trade rumors, okay? And listen, you need to stop because you're not Woj, you're not Shams. I don't trust you. I don't trust an account that is not verified, that doesn't have legitimate sources. Do not put out this garbage that the Pistons have talked with three teams about trading Blake Griffin. You don't know that. You just don't. So until you have a source that you can verify and confirm that with, that people trust, stop putting that nonsense on Twitter. Just stop. So, of course, though, you put it out there, and there's the sector or the sector of people that are all, oh my God, the Pistons are trading Blake. They're moving on. They're giving up on this, whatever. And it's like, pump the brakes. Talk about slowing down. Slow down on these fake Blake Griffin trade rumors. You would never trade the most recent Blake of the year. You just wouldn't do it. It's just an old bit at this point. The trading for Blake Griffin getting traded. It's just it's it's just a tired take, a tired fake take, I should say. Right. On Twitter to get clicks and get likes and get followers. It's just it's just annoying, and anyone I mean we we can't fall for it. We have to stop falling for it, guys. Until it comes from Woj, Shams, Haynes, Stein, guys like that, people like that. We just—it's such an old, played-out take, and we have to stop giving it credence. Well, I, and and the problem is we're doing this on the podcast now every other week where we're having the same discussion. I know, and, and at some point. You know, people just have to be able to move on from seeing something like that because I get it. You see something like that, and as a fan, your reaction is, oh, crap, what what is going to happen? But at the end of the day, 
not only do the Pistons as an organization not really leak stuff, but when they do, it's only getting to Woj or sometimes Shams. It's not getting to really anyone else. Now, on the beat writer side, you know, your Vince Ellis, your Rod Beard, those guys are, are going to get some things as well, and, and you should trust them as sources as well. But these out-of-the-blue Twitter accounts that aren't verified – yeah, featured hoops. Don't have, you know, this immense following. Don't have a proven track record. I mean, if you haven't seen these accounts before, like, there's no point in believing them. They're wrong. Okay? And and let's be honest. If the Pistons didn't talk to different teams about Blake Griffin, the same goes for Andre Drummond, and other teams, the Wizards didn't talk to other teams about Bradley Beal, then they're not doing their job. It's, it's such a low threshold for that rumor to be true. Because anyone can pick up the phone and call the Pistons and be like, hey, is Blake Griffin available? And they'll be like, well, you have to absolutely blow us away. All right, no thank you, bye. Right. And that that's talking someone. Like, there's such a low threshold on these rumors right. that they can be true. That's, that's not a real talk right there. But technically, it's talking about Blake Griffin between teams. Like, it's such a low threshold for what can be true. And that's not even real. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, it, it really comes down to you just trust the verified sources. It's just that simple. And I get it's tough because you see something and you react. But at some point, you have to come to the realization that these guys are not legitimate and, and you don't need to worry about them. You can worry or you can be happy if, if you maybe want Griffin or another player gone if you see their name come up when it comes from a verified source, a respected reporter, a guy plugged actually plugged into the organization that you would know about. So now that we've had that talk once again, you know, for the sec- what the, the, the second time since free agency started, can we move on to another oh crap reaction? Yeah. Oh crap! Andre Drummond is supposedly practicing his three point shooting again. Does that increase? Can I get a hashtag league clip? Look, you're not gonna get you're not gonna get an argument from me that Drummond is 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 in the wrong for practicing his three pointers. Uh, this is a good thing, and, and people getting upset about Drummond working on his game are I don't I don't even know I don't even know what I would call that. I don't think that's fair though. I don't think that's what people are getting upset about. They're get, yes because no. Are you gonna post a clip of every single thing you work on? Because Drummond's posted clips of him taking free throws before. Drummond's posted clips of him going to the rim before. Working on three-pointers is a different facet. And the thing is, it's different this year. Last year, he was just working with Remy Workouts, a tra- an NBA trainer. Uh, you know, a, a basketball trainer. This year, he's working with the Pistons coaching and development staff. Big-time assistant coach Sean Sweeney's out there at UNLV working with Drummond, with other Detroit Pistons staffers. It's not like he's just doing this on his own. So that says that the Pistons are actually interested in Drummond expanding his range. See, and that's where Pistons fans might be a little more worried. It's not necessarily that, hey, he's working on his game. I don't think people are mad that, hey, Andre's working on his game. Oh, let me get pissed. It's more like, okay, we know that Andre has never been able to shoot a respectable three-point percentage. Here we go again. 
Does this become a more regular sight in the Pistons' offense? If he's only shooting 32-33%, do the Pistons consider that good enough for him to keep taking him to where then in a year or two, maybe he's up to 35%? Is that what we're getting into here? Um, and I think that's maybe where more of the concern is. So I think when you say, hey, Pistons fans are pissed that Andre's working on threes. They are. They I, literally are. But it's look not, at his it's comments, not, it's, it's not work because, on your post moves. It's work on your free throws. It's it, it, it's a toxic mindset to get mad at a player for working on improving and expanding his game when people I, I people think, get mad at Drummond right, I, for not I, being. Do I able, not get to? No, I'm talking. I was people talking get, first. I, yeah, but you interrupted me initially when this conversation started, so now I have the right to interrupt you, I let you when you started talking. Point. So people get mad at Andre Drummond for not being able to shoot three pointers and not being able to stretch the floor. And then he goes and, and practices his three pointers in an attempt to be able to expand the expand his shooting and be able to uh, expand the floor spacing for the Pistons. And now people are all are all up in arms over it. Okay, Ryan hasn't gotten to talk on this topic yet. I don't get what the fuss is about on any side. A guy is just trying to expand his game. Let him. We need it. He needs it. Like he's trying not to become a dinosaur in the NBA. Because why are we getting he mad? is right now sure. is a dinosaur in the NBA. Yes, he gets seventeen and fifteen, and it helps the Pistons, and that's all good and well. But the way the game is played now, you need a center who can stretch the floor some, if not mm-hmm. quite well. Absolutely, and that is what he's working on. Of course, he's working on free throws and his low post moves and. Eight foot jump shots and things like that. You don't have to post every single workout to Twitter and Instagram to prove you're working. Just because the three point clip goes up doesn't mean he isn't spending other three hours, four hours, five hours of his day working on other stuff that he's mm-hmm. part of. Right. His game. No workout is just yeah. I'm just going to take three pointers for he's Instagram. Not, he's not working out in the gym for 45 minutes and calling it a day only shooting three pointers. That's a very small part of his day. Let's be honest. We've already heard. Multiple Pistons people talk about how this is the most Andre Drummond's ever been in the gym this offseason. Which so is very far. exciting to hear. I mean, this again, and he's only 25. Like, I get it. He's been in the league for, what, seven years now? But he's still got room to grow. Oh, yeah. He's not done yet. And if you add a three-pointer to his game, when he's already the best rebounder in the game, one of the best garbage bucket producers he in the He remains game, a max player. If you can add that three-point uh, ability to his game, he remains a max-type player. He's grown so much defensively. I mean, I, I, I personally cannot believe that people are getting upset about yeah. a guy working on and, his game. And the thing is, I just... all my, my only point was, is that... And even if people are making those comments, I think the root of those comments is there's been time and time again... People have seen this struggle of Andre, you know, making threes, and we saw the small bit of it last year. And you have a very old school mindset there from Pistons fans that probably don't watch games on a regular basis, that just want to throw garbage out on Twitter. We're not in disagreement here. All I was saying is, I think the root of it is Andre's never been able to do this, and there's uninformed Pistons fans going. You know, well, why is he working on threes? He's never been able to do it before. I don't think people are mad that he's working on his game. They're just too blind to the fact that Ryan brought up, of, hey, this is just a small portion of his workout. You know, this is, hey, he's got a two-and-a-half-hour workout going. We're going to spend 20, 25 minutes on threes. You know, that's just Heck, one small. It, it, 
probably is more and it should be more. I mean, again, it's about making yourself the best player you can be. Absolutely. And, and adding a three-point shot to Drummond's game, even if it's not some high-volume shot next year, it still immensely increases the potential for the Pistons. Right, and it's beyond Andre's potential. Because it's the team's potential. If, Andre, if they have to take one to two steps closer to that three-point line when Andre catches it on the perimeter, that's cutting lanes, that's passing lanes, that's ability to you know maybe get a nice little Luke Kennard curl where he's got the ability to put that dribble floater together. You create so much more space. Right, that's just common sense in you know today's game of basketball. You stretch that defense out, there's a lot of room to work. Right now, Andre catches that ball at the top of the key. I'm not going any farther than the free throw line if I'm a defender. Take that shot. Take it. You know, you might make that one to two times out of ten. Take that shot. I mean, Brooke Lopez added a three point shot to his game and he just signed a three year 50 what 55 million dollar contract and and that's a guy that's getting up there in age yeah you know he's mid 30s right yeah he's prolonging his career and and he's remaining a very good player Mm -hmm. a very useful player a player that teams feel they can win at a very high level with you know drummond is i just i i i'm very disappointed that there's an outrage over a guy trying to improve his game when he gets criticized for not being able to do the exact thing that he's working on like it's just mind-boggling to me. Why are why are people it's, getting so upset over that? It's the love-hate relationship Pistons fans have with Andre Drummond. Nothing's gonna change that. Half the fan base loves him. Half the fan base hates him. Mm-hmm. Literally, nothing is going to change that. That's why when these videos get posted, half of the people are like, "Hell yeah, let's keep working this out. Let's see where this can go." And half the people are like. What the hell is this? Get your ass back in the post, back on the free throw line, working on that. It's it's not going to change. Pistons fans are very narrow-minded when it comes to Andre Drummond. The sad thing is, if, 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 if these people that watch the games and have these issues, like they, they, they aren't watching the games because the Pistons haven't ru- been running post plays for Drummond in, like, what, three seasons? They haven't. Everything right? he gets is a garbage bucket pick and roll, something like that. Yeah. Like, he has not been getting post-ups for three seasons, and people are still in the comments saying that. And, and, the, and the funny thing is, Drummond wasn't a great post-up player. So why do you, like, in, in an outdated well, actually, play set... I don't even know if I'd say... Three seasons is a long time. I'd say pre-Blake Griffin trade, they were occasionally still giving him some post-sets. After the Blake Griffin trade, that went away, but... The pre-Blake Griffin trade, he was still occasionally. They, getting, Stan, it was maybe it was diminishing. Stan was getting rid of that, but it, it was, was still it was still present enough for people to think that it's recent enough. Just you know, I'm just defending the people here, folks. I'm just okay. Well, if you want to be on the wrong side of history, fine, <laughs> so be it. But it's just really it's 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 honestly it's just disappointing that you have to have a conversation about like you have to. You have to justify. You have to, yeah, you have to justify yep. a player working on his game. I don't know. That's kind of sad to me. Like, especially when you're you're, ta- you're having to justify to the fans of the team. I don't know. That's just. I don't know. Yeah. Well, another guy that maybe needs to spend some time working on his game in a variety of facets is our boy Seku Dumbuya. Seku 
Summer League debut, nine points, three rebounds in the Pistons playoff game versus the Brooklyn Nets, um, where Detroit lost and was eliminated from Summer League play. Um, and you could just tell Sekou's raw. You could just tell that you know he was the new guy on the block. I, it's a tough position to be in, though. Sekou comes into that game, and Brooklyn's got like three guys from their NBA roster, including a starter on the floor in Jared Allen. Two, two starters. Two starters on the floor. Jeez. So, you know, you're playing a pretty good summer league team in Brooklyn, number one. But number two, those guys have now been playing a week, week and a half, and Sekou hasn't. So, he's playing his first game of any sort in the NBA, and all these other guys have been playing for the last week. Even if they had some jitters of playing summer league, like, they were able to get those jitters out in game one and then just kind of settle in to try to play the rest of the way, you know? So Sekou was behind in that regard. But he still goes out, puts up nine points, snags a few boards, um, looks raw. Pistons Twitter has declared him out of the rotation right now. But I, I think there's a lot of positives to still look at with Sekou. And, and trust me, he's going to be an exciting player. Yeah, I'm in agreement. I mean... He definitely looked raw in that first game. Didn't do well on the defensive side of the floor. On offense, his shot definitely looked a little, uh, uh, you know, kind of worrisome. But that's a guy in his first game. He's got those first game jitters. He's the youngest player in the coming out of the draft. So he's, what, the youngest player in the league? Um, it's going to take some time. And, and everyone knew that when Detroit drafted Seku. The Pistons have had an offseason that, Kind of indicates he's not a lock for the rotation anyway. Um, with Svi, with Markeev, you know they they signed a, you know they have a couple backup four options. They have a backup three option. They have two backup three options if you include a guy like Kyrie Thomas. Um, so they're not necessarily banking on Seku anyway to come in this year and perform. Would it be awesome? Yeah, but I think you know this summer league game it, it, it doesn't show too much. It showed us, it kind of reinforced what we knew about Seiku, is that he's mm-hmm. still pretty raw, but there's some excitement to be had there. I, I just, the one thing I get nervous about, it's one thing for a guy to develop, you know, with the Pistons coaching staff, training, development, all that good stuff, but you do have to see some game reps. Absolutely, yeah. And I really hope that if Detroit does not find a spot for him in the rotation, that he spends some time in the G League just getting game reps. Yeah, and, I, and I've thought about that a lot. You know, what happens with Sekou when he's not in the Pistons rotation? Well, he needs to be getting spot minutes here and there. You know, Detroit's got to find a way to work him into some games. Yep. He's got to play when Blake rests uh, or, or there's an injury in the front court. And then he's got to play in the G League. You know, that's a young guy. Put him down in the G League with guys that he may be playing with down the line in bone. Maybe Kyrie will be down there a little bit more this year. Uh, if Davidas is over is over here in the G League, um, you know, put him down there with some guys that he could eventually play with on the Pistons' main roster, and, and let him get those reps. Let him play the three, let him play the four, and let him play the five. Get him some different looks. And, and I think the worst thing for a guy, especially that's still considered very raw, is just to sit on the bench. So when he's up with the Pistons, no, he doesn't have to play every game. But if there's an opportunity to get him in for some minutes in the first half or second half, do it. If an injury happens and Sekou 
looks like he can play, play him, and then get him in the G League. Get him as much reps as possible. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you never know, too. He jumped preseason of you know, a summer of workouts and, and improving and say, hey, if he's, in my, opi- in my opinion, excuse me, if he is even close to Svi or Kyrie in the preseason in terms of how things are shaking up and putting together a rotation, I think you have to put Sekou in to start. I think you have to give him that opportunity. Yeah, he, well, he's not he's not he's not a lock to be in the rotation and no, he's not I'm a lock not saying, to be out of the rotation. Right. I'm just saying if he is close, if they're doing their evaluations and they're like, hey, Sekou is really kind of giving it might be different, but he's giving a similar production to a Svi or Kyrie for that backup three man spot, then you I, I really think you have to I, I think you have to even if it's just a slight notch below them, if he's even close. I think you've got to give him a chance. You know, I, I said, I mean, the best man win when I talk about the backup big spots. I got to say it for the backup forward spot, too. If Svee's better, Svee's a young prospect. He can shoot. The bench is going to need shooting. I would go with Svee. Uh, but if Seku comes out and is playing better, then obviously you go Seku. It's it In my opinion, it's may the best man win in the right now. And that, you know, that's not, that's not pushing Seku out of the way because there's other ways for him to play and develop. But, you know, the, the bench is, and we've talked about it before, the bench is going to need shooting. And that's one thing we know Svi can do at a high level. So I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it ends up being Svi. Uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if Seku's not in the rotation to start things off. But that's okay. Youngest player in the league. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what else I can add. You guys pretty much uh, covered it all. I'm in agreement. That's that's pretty much all I gotta say on that. So what about other thoughts from summer league? You know, Detroit has a pretty good run till they get to the playoffs. Bruce Brown doesn't play, um, which was unfortunate, but not overly surprising. I was here for the live reaction when Aaron found out that Bruce was not going to play in that playoff game. I don't think we can use that language on the podcast. Um, so I'll just let you well, use just, your colorful imagination. It's just you got the Nets playing a, a, a center that started for two years for them, and, and, and looks like he's going to be a real deal in the NBA. And he's starting, and he's playing every single game that they've played in summer league. It, you know, it's just wrong. It's 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 unfair to the competition that a bunch of first and second year guys and and guys out of the league are playing in summer league, and then you have a third year player that started for two seasons playing. I don't know. Maybe it's rigged. Maybe it's rigged. That's all I got to say. I'm not going to go with that. I'm going to go on a more serious note in the fact that Bruce Brown had nothing left to prove um, in the summer league. He put up a triple-double. He was putting up great numbers, uh, proving he could play backup point guard in the summer league, and hopefully that can translate to the NBA level. Uh, Jordan Bone needed to work. He's the one who needed to get some time, not necessarily Bruce Brown. He looked good too in those he final looked, two games. I like him. I like Jordan Bone. I've been on the Jordan Bone train since he got drafted. He's got. He's very quick. He's got that nice little pull up jumper. When he, he showed when off. When he puts that burst on, that burst is scary. I still think defensively, you know, he was jumping way too often, kind of taking himself out of the right position. But oh, definitely. On offense, there were some things that I really liked from Bone, mm-hmm. uh, and that's a guy that I'm intrigued with. And I wouldn't want Detroit to bury him because they spent stuff to get him. Sure. No, get him his time in the G League this year. It has to happen, and it's going to happen. That That is a backup point guard of the future. Like, that guy, as long as he keeps working on his game, the jump shot needs to improve, definitely. But 
He's got good vision. He needs to work on his ability passing. But, I mean, that that burst, that speed, his ability to get to the rim, his jump shot from mid-range on the pull-up is pretty is solid right now. If he can develop that three and not jump out of position constantly on defense like he did, which was worrisome, watching it was like, dude, you're constantly out of position, falling for every fake. But there's a lot to work with there. And I get he's, what, 22, 23 right now, so it's not like he's some 19, 20-year-old. But there's there's a lot to work with with him, and I'm excited about Jordan Bone. And you have to, I think, hope if you're the Pistons that, you know, whether it's next year or in two years, Jordan Bowen can be ready to be a guy that comes in and is your backup or your at least your number three point guard that you could find some spot minutes for. Um, because, yeah, you did invest. You know, you invested a, a fair little bit there to get him in that draft, and you'd like to see him develop and be a guy. Because everybody I talk to that watches SEC basketball, by the way, raves about Jordan Bowen. Raves about him. Says you guys got a real good one. You got to steal that late in the draft. Like it's a solid pick, and he's a solid player. And hopefully, within two years, he's NBA ready. I thought Matt Costello was going to take that final roster spot with the way he was playing. Yeah, I think that final game where he didn't have the best game, and Jerry Allen kind of feasted on him, and then he wasn't hitting anything on the offensive side of the floor. I thought before that he was a lock to get that final spot. All we needed to see with Costello, which he played very well in the summer league, was him go up against real NBA competition. And once he did, it was done for him. Yeah. He it needed, was done He needed him. to hold his own, and he didn't hold and his own. And he could not. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not trying to bash Costello. He had a very fine summer league. But once he went up against true NBA talent, it got squashed, and he was put to bed. So I did not hold my breath for Matt Costello. I really wanted to see what he looked like because I knew there were some NBA-type players in front courts that he could go against, and then he finally mm-hmm. got against Jared Allen. Sure, is Jared Allen maybe a bit unfair for summer league because he's a starter and a, like a high-level yes, starter yes, in a way? Yes, yes, yes. Let me Let me get close to the mic. Yes, he is. That's not fair. It's rigged. But still, you're seeing real NBA competition, and Costello cannot hold his own. So I'm, I'm not worried about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, didn't surprise me in the slightest. I do think Costello will find his way, though. Somebody, I think, will take a flyer on him, whether it's a two-way deal or something. He'll he'll earn himself. No, his something. Italian league will take a league team will take a flyer on him. He'll be back over there. I, I don't. I could see. I, I could. I could see a team giving him a two-way. Yeah, deal I, could, I, need, could, I could. definitely if see they need that a third center two-way. Um, any? I mean, did anyone else that wasn't on contract really impress you guys? We didn't get to see Benny Boatwright. No I know Benny Boatwright. Uh-huh. I mean, after the Pistons signed him, there was like we were well, pushing Benny, Benny Boatwright hard. We were pushing Benny Boatwright. Well, who's the starting lineup going to be? It's going to be Seku and Benny and Svi and Kyrie and no, None no. Seku was injured. We never yeah. got Benny Boatwright. Never even saw the floor. We never got a reason as to why Boatwright didn't play either. Right. Um, which is kind of confusing because he was like. The first guy Detroit signed after the draft. I know, that was a quick signing after the draft. And, you know, it was kind of like, oh, okay, so they like this guy. He was supposed to be picked. He didn't get picked. And then we just didn't see him. Uh, and I maybe he was injured. Maybe I read something on that. But if he was, we didn't get, like, an actual, He you know, he had a right foot injury or, you know, he had a ace, you know, right, right foot sprain, whatever. We didn't get any reasoning throughout the entire tournament, um, which is kind of, I don't know, weird. Yeah, I don't know. But I was excited to watch him play. We got ghosted. Lewis King. Um, 
that two-way contract looks to be not too good right now because he did not have a very good summer league whatsoever. I, I don't remember if I went through a game watching him and was like, okay, I see why the Pistons used that two-way mm-hmm. on him. He just did not look the part in summer league. No, that was a struggle. Watching Louis King, I couldn't agree more with you there, Aaron. Nothing surprising, or I mean, nothing uh, exceptional or really good about his game. Really, anything stood out. Uh, I liked Withers. I thought Withers oh, yeah, was solid. Yeah, yeah. I love I my boy like Ty Withers. Withers. Um, uh, liked his shooting ability. Uh, we'll see what, I mean, how far could he go in the league? That's remained I think seen. I think he deserves a contract, whether it's two-way or on an actual roster. I think he's worth a contract. If the Pistons didn't want Lewis King, I think Todd Weathers would be a very nice replacement. Um, but, I mean, 6'8", plays both forward spots, shoots the ball at a high level, and he you know, he's, he gives his effort on defense. I think that's a guy that should be in the league either way, mm-hmm. whether it be with the Pistons or not. It's a guy that showed what he can do, uh, and, and he belongs on an NBA roster. I think a team would be smart to take him. He's just, what, 22, 23? Yeah, he's younger, um, younger guy. So, I don't know. I That's another guy, kind of like Christian Wood, where it's just like, I don't know why this guy isn't in the league. I don't know why this guy... I mean, I don't know. Maybe he's a lesser Christian Wood because he's never been in the league and Wood has been, but I don't know why he hasn't at least been on a team. You know, Withers looks like he can play basketball, and, I, you know, he just was far and away better than Lewis King. So, you know, as we kind of get to a point where we start to wrap up the pod here, the Pistons have kind of, for the most part, finished up, shaped out their roster, what it's going to look like for the upcoming year, unless if there is a trade that is to happen still. Um, But barring that, it looks like Detroit's kind of shaped their roster to a certain extent. Um, You know, we've gotten to watch Summer League. Aaron's gotten to drool over Bruce Brown, except for in the playoffs. But I mean, so, so how how do we feel now? You know, we're hitting that that dead point of summer. How do we feel? No, I mean, I think there's a lot to like about the Pistons. You know, they didn't have a flashy offseason, and I've been critical of it when I felt I needed to be critical of it. But they made some really nice low threshold signings in, in Tim Frazier and Christian Wood. Uh, I like the Tony Snell trade. I like the Sekou pick. There was there were some things to like about this offseason. Um and you know, again, they didn't make a you know, a, a play that makes them a great team or really improves them all too much, but they made solid acquisitions that are gonna keep them as a you know, six seven seed and go from there. You know, maybe that big play like we talked about last week is still on the table because I do very much so believe that Bradley Beal is going to be on the market, and the Pistons should be one of those teams calling about him. I mean, I'm I'm one of the people who's more happy with the offseason. How did we phrase it? It was a decent offseason, but for what they had available to them, it was a great offseason. Mm-hmm. And it uh, set them up for what we talked about last week, too, that the two-year, like this two-year, two-year gap. window. Because yep. right now... In two years, the only money on the books, Blake Griffin. So, I mean, of course, things are going to change. But currently, that's how it is. They feel like they they could be some big-time players in that offseason. Um, so, I mean, for what this offseason was, I like it. I thought it was good. I don't understand how, uh, like, betting odds and over-unders on wins and losses 
are so low for the Pistons and how everyone thinks this is like a 10 or 11 seed. This team got better when the East didn't really necessarily get better. So I don't get how there can be such a major drop-off, especially if you have a healthy Blake again this year, a Drummond who is improving and ascending, uh, a Luke Kennard who takes the next step in his future, in his career, a Bruce Brown who has taken the time to improve his game and is only more of a menace defensively now that he's got time in the league Mm -hmm. under his belt. Uh, You've improved. You've gotten size on the wing in Tony Snell, and he's a decent shooter. I don't... You've, I mean, you've added depth at the backup spot with Marquise Morris. Sure, he's had a couple down years, but if he can rebound, I mean, I don't. And then one more backup point guard because there's going to be injuries at the point guard position, whether it's Reggie Jackson or Derrick Rose. And Tim Frazier over Jose Calderon is huge. So I don't see how the Pistons got worse this offseason. I don't see how they got themselves out of playoff contention this offseason. For what this offseason was and what they could do, this is a very fine offseason. And it's a team we should be excited about. Right. They're going to take the next step. They're not going to get... I I refuse to believe this team will get swept next year the way it's currently constructed in the first round of the playoffs. Maybe they don't win in the first round, and that's the next big step they need to take. But I refuse to believe that this roster right now couldn't win a game in the playoffs. And sure, those aren't lofty expectations. um, Because, you know, me, I'm like, win it all or win nothing, you know? It's just a winner's mindset, but at least it's taking the next step. Right. And that's something Pistons fans should be excited about. Plus, like we've stated a million times, there are big trades on the horizon all the time that come out of nowhere all around this league. Be on the lookout for that big move. That's something else that should excite you. The Pistons are players to make a big move. They are players. Look at all the young talent and assets they've accrued. All this young talent on the roster, it's tradable. It has value. It has not been. Uh, it's not been garnished by mistake. No, that, there's a reason the team has been built in this youthful box that it has been. There's a reason why uh, Casas Kufos or whatever his name is and Pau Gasol weren't brought in. There's a reason it was Christian Wood who was brought in. There's a reason Sekou was drafted. There's a reason Servetus was drafted. Um, Bruce Brown, Svi. Kyrie, there's a reason those guys are here, and they were in summer league getting major minutes. Mm-hmm. They're sh- they're putting their assets out on the table, showing you their worth. And they have all their picks, all and their first-round picks. And they have first-round picks. They're showing their cards, in a sense. This is what we have, and there's a good amount of it that's pretty enticing. Oh, yeah. I mean, look, the, the, there, there are players that other teams want on this roster. Luke, Bruce, Sekou, Svi, right off the bat are four guys without hesitation that teams would be interested in. Detroit has all their first-round picks, and then I'm sure there are teams that would, that would want Kyrie. Um, I still believe there's a market for Thon. I Maybe not a huge say, market. Thon's a, that's the extra chip that's like, you know what, all right, we get an extra flyer, cheap option. Yeah, all right, we'll take him. I, the Pistons have assets, and, and that's not something that would have been the case if Jeff Bauer and Stan Van Gundy were still in charge to this day. So, again, that's Stefanski, Dwayne Casey. They're doing a nice job. Doing a great job. This, like, I'll say it again. This was a decent offseason, but for what they had available to them, this was a great offseason. Maximizing their Maximize opportunities. Maximize their opportunities. They Absolutely. really did. They did I, yeah. 
No, they did. I mean, I don't, again, I don't, you know, for me, it comes down to I don't love the Rose signing for the con, you know, the years and the money, but he's going to help them. And then I don't love Markeith Morris, but you got to hope that he turns it around and bounces back. But I like Christian Wood. I like Tim Frazier. I like Tony Snell. So it, it, it was a fine offseason. And the Pistons didn't have money to make big moves, but they made moves that improved the team a little bit. Mm-hmm. And in an East that, like Ryan said, isn't great, I still would grade them above the Magic and the Heat. And I think they're right there with Indiana. I just I, This Indiana team lost a lot. Darren Collison, Corey Joseph... Uh, Thaddeus Young and Bojan Bogdanovic. Those are four guys that were starters or key rotation players for them that they lost. And they lost Kyle Quinn, who unfortunately for some reason didn't play a ton in Indiana, but that's another nice depth big that they had. They lost a lot. Yeah. And, and, and they're not going to have Ola Depot until January, February at the earliest, from what it sounds like. That team is just not built to do all that well without him. So, I, I I think they're very even with Indiana right now. So we'll see. I I just yeah, yeah. I'm, I seeing the Pistons projected for thirty five and a half wins, seeing them out of the playoff fold. I don't know. Doesn't make sense to me, but I'm not the guy making the betting odds. Sure. Well, boys, good stuff this week. Good to have the whole crew together again. Um, you know, before you go, don't forget you can like, rate and review the podcast subscribe to us here on itunes subscribe to our youtube channel as well we've been doing really well with the views on that um you know of course check out the website palaceofpistons.com you can follow at palace of pistons on twitter aaron's at a johnson nba ryan at ryan pay myself at media brendan check us out on facebook check us out on instagram palace pistons um, did I forget anything else? I mean, we're on a bunch of different platforms. There's the Podbean, Stitcher, wherever you're listening from. Um, yeah, follow us on all those places. You know, the, the YouTube's a big one right now. Uh, it's a big, big tool for us. We're hoping to grow there. So, hey, even if you're not listening to this on YouTube, maybe if you have a second, just pull up the YouTube app, search up Palace of Pistons, and hit that subscribe button. It truly does help us. I know everyone says that, and it maybe gets annoying at times. But for us right now, it would really help us if you hit that subscribe button and support our work. So, yeah, definitely check out the YouTube. Really want to push that right now. The, the website had some great content go up again this week. Going to continue to have content come up. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, keep showing that support, guys. You know, it's been great this offseason with, with the support you've shown us. We truly appreciate that. That's a huge motivator, and we're going to keep doing great things. So thank you, and continue to follow us and support our work. We'll see you next time on the Palace of Pistons podcast. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.